0: If you're joining us, um, we've been working through a little series in the evening, this is uh, number three of six, um, called Fruitfulness on the Front Line. I guess the big purpose is helping us to think what difference does the gospel, that many of us know and believe and love, uh, make in everyday life, uh, particularly in the workplace where we spend a lot of our time. Um, That's the big subject we've been thinking of. And uh, we're thinking tonight of what it means to minister grace and love to one another. Um, I've just got a few examples of some, often it's the small gestures, isn't it, that are most significant to us. Uh, You'll think of someone perhaps who has ministered grace and love to you in the last few weeks. But here are just a few things that I've uh, noticed, either because I've been the beneficiary of these things this week from others, or something I've witnessed in others doing. But a few little pictures, snapshots of ministering grace and love from this week. Um, A person I knew of who was unwell and uh, just got a card through the door. Uh, and they didn't know that this person knew they were unwell but the card just said thinking of you Uh, really simple Uh, another person who had a really tough day and just got a text message from a friend uh, thinking of you Um, somebody else who got home from work and was exhausted and having a a tough time and it was just a meal on the doorstep for them someone had just thought about them and left it there Uh, they were cooking for themselves they just cooked an extra portion here you go um I remember a time a few years ago um, when I was, I was at boarding school and I remember I was probably 16, 17, I had a really hard week and uh, my mum bakes the most amazing bread. Uh, she posted me a loaf of her bread. I think it cost her about a fiver in postage, but it came through the, kind of, came to the, through the postal system in the school and uh, it was a massive lift for me. Um, just a little gesture I've never forgotten, uh, but a, a little snapshot of what it means to minister grace and love. Um, I saw somebody else this week who was um, hurting and uh, they made an effort to go to someone who'd hurt them and, and just say can I reconcile can we sort this out um, I don't want this to continue I-, I want us to be in good standing with each other um, Then something really simple Steph and I this week were somewhere on Thursday and um, for a part of Thursday and we were just lost and we couldn't find a car parking space and Uh, We went down the window, we were talking to a lady, where can we park? And another bloke just said, oh, can I jump in the car with you? I'm going this way and I'll take you to the car park. And we just drove him around and he showed us where we were to park. Something really simple, a complete stranger, but just was looking for a need and helped. Often the small gestures of love are the most significant, aren't they? And I'm sure you've been on the receiving end of somebody else who's been like that for you. Uh, we're going to come to this little passage in Matthew 25 and I'm just going to help us to work through it just by asking a series of questions and the idea is for you to look at the verses I give you and just to shout out some kind of answers, it's a kind of little comprehension, it's all there in, in the passage, Not, no trick questions, uh, let's see how we go. The context for Matthew 25 is that of separation, do you see in um, uh, 31 and 32, uh, we've had it read so I won't repeat it. Um, If you're listening on the tape, you can um, just get your Bible open and read for yourself. But that's the context, uh, context of separation. And uh, notice that in this passage, we have um, the king speaking two different declarations, I guess, to two groups of people. Uh, One declaration comes in verse 34. Do you see it there? The king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. So that's one declaration to one group and then there's another group and the declaration comes in verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So two groups of people, two kind of contrasting declarations that the king gives to them. Um, Here's the question for you. What causes the separation, the difference? Have a look at 35 and 36 and 42 and 43. 35, 36, 42, 43, what causes the separation, the difference? Yeah, meeting others' needs, good. Yeah, in this story here, it's specifically how they've treated the king, isn't it? And we're going to come to that. So there's this really stark contrast, two different declarations on two groups of people, and the thing that makes the distinction, the difference between the two groups, is um, how they've treated the king uh, in the little things, how they've served. Um, but how do both groups respond when the king gives these two declarations have a look at 37 to 39 and have a look at 44 because the groups are a little puzzled they're kind of thinking why, why this group here this happens and why this group here what, what's the kind of answer that the king gives sorry what uh, sorry before the king what um, uh, what question do the groups ask when they're sort of puzzled by this 37 to 39 what do they ask yeah when do we see the king when was there an opportunity to serve to love when do we invite you into our home you've not come into our home and then what does the group in 44 say exactly the same thing yeah they're just asking when do we have an opportunity to serve you lord and then the final answer comes from the king do you see in verse 40 and verse 45 all the way through the passage it kind of works as pairs what's the answer the king gives yeah whatever you do for the least of these you did also for me I guess the challenge for us is to think through all the little acts of kindness that you could do or you've been a beneficiary of. And we're thinking this morning, weren't we, one of the things we're thinking of is Jesus Christ is Lord of everything. He sees everything. And I made the point, he therefore sees all the different ways we relate to each other. And that really, really matters to him. And this passage is a real challenge to us because every single time... Um, We seek to serve, minister grace and love to another person. We're also doing it to serve uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. So one of the great ways of serving God is actually to serve other people. Uh, It's one of the great joys of church that we can look out for one another. We don't live our lives in isolation, but actually we're here for each other. Some days you'll be on a high doing really strong. There'll be someone who's struggling and you pick them up. Other days you'll be really strong and you'll be struggling and they'll pick you up. what I want to do is just watch uh, the video clip for this week, um, which introduces this idea of ministering uh, grace and love. And then we're going to come together and just have a think of what that could look like for us. Um, it's about nine minutes long, so have a look um, and uh, see what you make of the little video.
1: Morning, Sandy. How are you? How are you? Thanks very much. Morning to you. Take care. I used to go to a wonderful church that was part of the Baptist denomination in a town called Bushy. It was rather imaginatively called Bushy Baptist Church, and there was a businessman there called Peter. Every now and then on a Sunday, Peter would come up to me and hand over a couple of newspaper articles on business, on media, current affairs, on work, stuff he thought that I'd find useful for my job. I wonder, is is handing over a couple of newspaper articles for a friend ministry, or is it just a nice thing to do? Of course, it wasn't a big thing to do, but still, it did take him time and effort. He had to cut out the newspaper articles he had to remember to bring them in and he had to give up some of his fellowship time after church on sunday to hand them over and he had a pretty big job and two teenage daughters and some responsibilities in the church as well he didn't have to do it grace is like that isn't it grace doesn't have to but it does grace is always on the lookout for opportunities love is like that love doesn't have to but love does. Love is always on the alert for possibilities. Last time, we saw that God can work through the tasks we do every day. The things we have to do, the job, the chores, the shopping. We've seen how they fit into God's mission. And we've seen how we might do them in a godly way and how indeed they can serve and bless others, contributing to their flourishing. This session, we're going to build on that by exploring what ministering grace and love might look like on your front line. Now I don't know what comes to mind when you think of ministry. Perhaps an evangelistic initiative or some big project, looking after the homeless, working with teenagers, counselling someone, or staying up all Saturday night to help clubbers who are rather the worse for wear. All fantastic things to do. But ministry is not just doing big things. At root, ministry means serving others. Ministry is love in action taking a moment to engage with a checkout person, noticing the invisible people, saying good morning to the bus driver or the platform attendant on the tube, or getting up early once in a while to say thank you to the people who empty your bins, offering to get a sandwich for someone at work who's just too busy to leave their desk. Remember the story Jesus tells in Matthew 25? The righteous say to the king, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Ministry is as simple as giving someone a cup of water. The principle is clear. We serve Jesus by doing small things, as well as big things for others. Actually, you've probably had the experience of someone coming up to you and telling you about something you said years ago that was so helpful, or telling you about a card you wrote when they were going through a hard time, and actually you have no memory of it at all. You think they've got the wrong person. When did I ever do that? You just did it, and God used it. It's not always like that, of course. Sometimes we know we're gonna have to go out of our way, and we do need to consciously ask for God's grace, his empowering presence to help us keep going, or even just to get started. Still, ministering grace and love is at root about generosity, generous living. It's about taking the focus off ourselves and proactively thinking about how we might help someone. It's about pricking up our ears and opening up our eyes, being, being on the lookout for opportunities to serve someone at the school gate for the new parent who who looks lost or the colleague who's clearly not doing that well or the person who's been absent for a while. So yes, it's about acts of kindness, but love is more than kindness. Love is about wanting and seeking the best for someone else. And love is expressed in a whole variety of ways. It could involve taking the risk of helping a difficult person see that they are being difficult. It could involve praising a colleague who's your rival in front of the team, because actually they did do a good job. It could involve being kind to someone who is habitually unkind to you, loving your enemy, loving the ogre of Buckinghamshire. It could involve, well, here's what Peju did. When Peju first started turning up at the school gate with her oldest child, it was a pretty dispiriting experience. It's often the way, isn't it? Everyone else standing around chatting gleefully in cosy little clusters. She felt really lonely, but she didn't want to force herself on anyone else. So she prayed to God and she asked him to show her the people that he wanted her to be friends with. And over time, he did. Grateful for that grace, she decided that she wanted to be someone who would reach out to the other people standing on their own. She didn't have to, but she did. And that's how. She came across Ade, Ade who always seemed to be in a rush. Ade who would briskly drop off her son and scuttle away with her little daughter. Ade who always seemed to be on her own. Pedu discovered that Ade's husband was overseas working in Rwanda and that she really didn't have much close family around. That must be exhausting. And then she realized that half term was coming. Nine straight days without a break. Peggy thought, somebody needs to give her a break. Now Peju didn't know Ade that well, but still she said, give me your kids for a day. And she invited over to spend time with her and a friend. So she came. They chatted, they cooked, they sent a Western Union wire transfer, they relaxed, they laughed. And as the day drew on, Peju gave Ade a hand massage. Mums, she said, mums do so much with their hands, peeling potatoes, doing the laundry, wiping bottoms, and they need to recognize that their hands are a gift from God, a gift to their children. So as Peju massaged Ade's hands, praying as she did so, it was a way to honor all that Ade had ever done with her hands and a way to put life, bring life, back into those hands. Peju didn't have to do any of that, nor did she have to start a regular discussion group for mums, and not just Christian mums, in her home. Grace is like that. It doesn't have to, but it does. I suspect there have been times when you've given people on your front line the equivalent of a glass of water, I've not really thought much about it. But I wonder whether God might show you some particular way that you might extend grace and love, perhaps inviting that misfit of a work colleague for a drink, calling up a person who's been sick to make sure they're okay, offering to weed your neighbour's front garden, because, you know, they can't do it anymore. Now, I began with a story about a man who cut out newspaper articles to help me in the work that God has given me to do. And I began there because it reminds us that we can probably all find ways to support each other on our front lines. Yes, in prayer, but perhaps in some practical way too. One woman and her daughter baked a big batch of her spectacular brownies for her husband's work team when they were going through a crisis. They didn't have to. Grace doesn't have to. Love doesn't have to. But it finds a way. Grace to you this week grace through you this week these do look rather good I have to say
0: just as you reflect on that um, I just want to ask you the question um, and have a think about it and then just shout out some answers what uh, picture or definition does he give of what ministry is just have a, a think about that Anyone pick anything up from the video? There's a few things that he said, but didn't he particularly strike you. What is ministry? Or part of what ministry is? Yeah, great. Just being alert to the needs of others. That's really significant, isn't it? We see need all the time, but do we actually do something about it? Um, Yeah, and it's often the small things, isn't it? Anything else anyone spot? Unconditional, yeah. Just give us a bit more yeah that's it nothing expected in return he kept using this line didn't he love doesn't have to but it does Uh, it's love he's better give isn't it without expecting any sense of someone having to repay you Um, this all continues to flow and we keep looking at it but it continues to flow out that really crucial passage we're looking at in the mornings Romans Romans chapter 12 where uh, part of what worship involves is giving our lives away just giving our lives away to be a blessing uh, to serve other people Uh, reaching out to be a blessing to a stranger um, I love the little phrase that struck with me this week he said um, grace is always on the lookout for opportunities just always on the lookout praying um, I think John shared this when he shared a little bit of his testimony from the workplace just that prayer in the morning that has become a bit of a habit uh, God what are you to doing today show me how you want me to be a part of it that kind of a prayer um, but how does this begin to happen more and more How do you think as a church and as an individual, we can, you can, I can, uh, be better at ministering grace and love to each other? I want to think about that. One of the things uh, he did talk about was this idea of taking the focus off ourselves to proactively think about how we serve other people. Uh, He said that love is more than just kindness. It's actually seeking the best for other people, whatever the cost to ourselves Um, So I want you to think a little bit about what that could look like for you. And to do that, just a few moments um, of quiet for you on your own, just to think, what is God saying to me? Uh, I want you to ask yourself the question, who is my neighbour? It could be your literal neighbour that you still don't know their name of and you've lived next door to them a little while. Um, But in a broader sense, who is your neighbour? Who is the person that perhaps you rub shoulders with or could rub shoulders with regularly? Um, Perhaps it's the invisible person, the person who... You just spot in a distance but never made the effort to move towards. I just want you to have a think about that. I want you to think for yourself, what would it look like for you this week to be really proactive in ministering grace and love to that person? I'll just give you a moment of quiet on your own to think about that and uh, reflect. when you've identified what that one thing could be for you, just have a moment of quiet praying on your own now and just ask God to give you an opportunity this week uh, to minister grace and love in that situation uh, to that individual. Just pray for an opportunity to love the invisible person and to share the love of God with them. just as you remain uh, quiet perhaps just keep your eyes closed some of you are kind of visual people so I just want to paint a little picture with my words for you I just want you to reflect on it and uh, think about the place where you live Um, in your mind just visualize the village you live in the the town you live in uh, the door of your neighbor's house just picture some of those things that you see every day as you think about that kind of map in your mind I want you to imagine that a little heart pops up on that map in all sorts of different places a little heart pops up at uh, the counter in Waitrose a little heart pops up at your neighbour's house, that elderly lady who's on her own and very lonely a little heart pops up at the local hospital or health centre, a heart pops up at the school gate, a heart pops up in your own home all over the place That could be a little picture of the difference that this gathering tonight could make in our communities if we all pray for opportunities to minister grace and love this week. That we take the great gospel that we believe and we think, what can I do to love people around me and to share some of that love with our community? It would be great to... Come back in a week or two, perhaps, and just hear some little stories of how God, in very small ways or maybe in big ways, has just enabled you to minister grace and love in your community. It'd be wonderful to hear some of that, and perhaps we'll have an opportunity next week. Father, I just want to pray for each of us that you would help us to minister grace and love in the places we are, that you'd help us to serve other people, even if it's at great cost to ourselves, even if nobody else would ever notice or perhaps the thing we want to do is so insignificant in our mind that we don't think it will make any difference. I pray that we would be a group of people this week who minister grace and love in our communities. And I pray that you might surprise each of us with an opportunity to do that and to be that this week. Father, would you go before us by your spirit? Please give us eyes to see need. And help us not just to see it or for our hearts to be broken by it, but help us to do something about it. And to truly be a church that responds to the greatness of the gospel, doesn't just believe it. Amen. If you just, in your mind, return to um, Matthew chapter 25, one of the things that sort of a, you might have to grapple with a bit is, uh, you remember the separation, the two declarations. They're kind of they're pretty serious. They're very serious. There's eternal life with God on the one hand, and eternal separation from God, and yet the thing that seems to be the differentiator in them is uh, have you served other people but clearly we know from elsewhere in the gospel and in the bible um, and this is where it's helpful to have a good understanding of the whole bible that the passage isn't saying to us um, it's through the good work that you do that you receive eternity with god or eternity without him so what's the point that is in the passage if it's not about the good work saves us what is the point of the good work what is that a declaration of or an expression of yeah that's it it's the faith expressed through works. We're not saved by works. They do nothing for our salvation. But if we've been truly changed by the gospel, it will make a difference in our life. Uh, it's what the book of James particularly addresses. And it's really important that we don't just believe a gospel and a set of truths, but that flows through in our life and impacts us day to day. Uh, so you've had a little bit of time reflecting on your own. This is a chance just for a bit of open discussion just for the last few moments. Um, sometimes we have to be proactive. We have to see a need or pray for a need and then respond. Uh, we've also got to be reactive and this is perhaps where we fall a little short because there's always that little niggle in our heart. Oh, somebody else could do it. Um, so I want to ask you the question, if we're going to be reactive to opportunities around us to minister grace and love, um, just a couple of questions for you. What might hold you back from reacting to a need? And what could we do to prevent it? Why don't you just turn to the person next to you. What sometimes holds you back from responding to a need? And what could you do about it?